river me so river river me so valley valley me so rain live on in welcome to the ankylosing spondylitis podcast my name is jason sacco and i'm your host as a 35 plus year spondy i'm looking to use this show to bring the spondy community closer i'll give my lifelong battle with as to you that includes triumphs tragedies and lessons so sit back enjoy and know you are not alone joy organics the name to know for cbd products Joy Organics is the number one zero-THC CBD brand. Joy Organics uses only organic hemp grown in the United States. Using industry-leading research and development, Joy Organics is known for product purity and safety with industry-leading reports and transparency. Joy Organics, your source for CBD tinctures, gummies, soft gel caps, balm, and so much more. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast. Hope everybody is doing fantastic as this episode reaches you. It's been just a great couple weeks going on here as far as health-wise. I mean, I've been dealing with some fatigue, but, you know, I hope everybody is feeling great, you know, fighting the fatigue that you can and, and just keeping up that good battle against ankylosing spondylitis. So recently I joined a service that pushes any reviews that that come in from anywhere in the world. And I received two of them. One of them was from Australia, and it was from Amwave. And this was from November of 19, 2019. And they wrote, I really enjoy the well-researched content and practical relatable tips. Well, thank you. And Amwave, if you are listening, please reach out to me through the website spondypodcast.com. I'd love to get in touch with you. The other review came in from the United States, and it was left on January 19th by somebody that goes by Wiscobri, Wiscobri, W-I-S-C-O-B-R-I. And same with you. If you are listening, please contact me through the spondypodcast.com website. And they wrote, such a great podcast full of relevant conversations related to AS. Anyone living with AS will benefit from and relate to these open and honest chats. That's what it's all about. I just want to do these things so that all of us that have ankylosing spondylitis can somehow relate, listen, and not feel so alone. And before I do this week's question of the week, I thought I would point out that you may have heard an ad that I ran at the beginning of each episode, the last few episodes, for Joy Organics. I had Courtney Garber on an episode, or I guess two episodes ago, talking about Joy Organics' line of CBD product. So I encourage you to go out there and check. There'll be a link in the show notes Anything that you buy, it does create a small uh, payment back to the show to keep it going. So I really appreciate it if you follow that link and you're in the market for CBD products. I really appreciate it if you consider Joy Organics. So the question of the week. This week I kind of decided to, instead of picking a specific question, I'm going to pick one that I've seen a recurring theme for oh, the last several years. And that's on the use of DMARDs or otherwise known as biologics. And what I thought I would do is over the next few months, I'm going to start releasing some episodes and doing some episodes on DMARDs. There's really, I think, a lot of confusion out there. And I'm going to start at the, the maybe the 30,000 foot level and then work down to a more more granular level of each type of product. I think some of the things that are being posted may not factually be correct, but I don't know 
the best way to to approach each of those. So I thought what I'd do is just, anyway, do a number of different episodes, starting off at the real high level about biologics and working down to a more granular level. They won't all come at one time. They will come over a series of, you know, several months. So, you know, if you have really good or bad experiences with biologics, I'd love it if you went out to spondypodcast.com and contacted me to let me know what happened and are you 100% able to relate that use of the biologic to the condition that developed? Were you told 100% by doctors that this is what caused it, we know this is what led to it, or is it just anecdotal that you developed something around the same time that you took the biologic and you're relating to that? I'd, I'd love to know and try to see about putting some of that information together for a show as well. So again, no judgment. I don't, you're 100% able to believe anything you want as far as what might or might not have happened with your medical treatment. I just want to be able to get it all together to share with everybody that listens. So that's this week's question of the week. It's really more of a statement of the week, but more to come on it. And I look forward to really going more in depth with this topic and finding some great guests to help really delve deep into this uh, subject of DMARDs or biologics. In this week's episode, I wanted to talk about chronic illness, living with chronic illness. It's something that we all experience. There are certain things that we encounter, certain things that we deal with that I thought I would address in dealing with chronic illnesses. Um, There was a book written, oh, about 10 years ago, called How to Be Sick by Tony Bernhard. I'll have a link to this in the show notes for you if you want to go over and look at it. Its subtitle of the book is A Buddhist-Inspired Guide for the Chronically Ill and Their Caregivers. And this is really something that whether you have AS or you're living with somebody or caring for somebody with AS, these are kind of eight things that maybe each of us as we deal with our journey in having ankylosing spondylitis and what it means to each of our lives probably really needs to come to grips with. So this article was by uh, Teresa Borchard, and I'll have a link to it as well. She really encapsulated a lot of what I think we all deal with in, in one way or another. You know, life, you know, isn't about waiting for the storm to pass, said uh, Vivian Green. It's about learning to dance in the rain. And that's a quote that the author liked about dealing with chronic illness. And she herself had dealt with a chronic illness for six years with treatment-resistant depression. A little bit different than ankylosing spondylitis, but still something that can cause you chronic pain, disease, mental anguish, everything. So in here she talks about, I'm shifting my energy from finding a cure to learning how to live around the illness turning to people with debilitating conditions like fibro, lupus, chronic fatigue, AS, as well as to scientists, meditation teachers, and thinkers for instructions on how to manage painful symptoms. Here are a few of the items that this author picked up on the way and tips on how to dance in the rain and where to find the courage to try again tomorrow because that's really what it comes down to is we have to know that when we go to bed at night, We're going to get up in the morning, and we're going to tackle that dragon again, that disease AS and what it does to us. You know, I can remember many, many days 
when I would be having extremely bad flares in my hips and it would take me 30 to 45 minutes just to get out of bed because I had to move so gingerly one leg at a time because of the just massive amounts of pain it sent through my hips, through my spine, everywhere. So, uh, you know, I've lived with all this different pain through my whole life and there's certain things you you come to grips with as you advance with the disease as you age and it's always a learning experience so number one let go of the blame former law professor and dean tony bernhard who wrote the book contracted a mysterious viral infection on a trip to paris in 2001 in how to be sick she wrote i blamed myself for not recovering from the initial viral infection as if not regaining my health was my fault, a failure of will, somehow, or a deficit of character. This is a common reaction for people to have towards their illness. It's not surprising, given that our culture tends to treat chronic illness as some kind of personal failure on the part of the afflicted. The bias is often implicit or unconscious, but it's nonetheless palpable. I read that and I was really kind of struck by it because it really goes to the core of when we look at ankylosing spondylitis or we feel how others look at us, that they somehow view that we're maybe faking it, that we're maybe not in the pain that we are. You know, as a kid, again, I always relate back to constantly being told that I was lazy and that that really chewed into me and stayed with me for all my years until till now. I still deal with it in certain areas where I I think something all of a sudden I'm like, man, I can't be lazy. I got to do this. Whether I feel like doing it or not, I still do it. And sometimes to the detriment of how I feel the next day or the next several days. But, you know, that's something we all have those little things that were said to us, maybe not so little, but all the items have built up through uh, years and years of dealing with this. And we really have to learn to let go of a lot of that as best we can and use that energy that we use to hold on to any of those negative thoughts and use that to the betterment of ourselves, towards healing ourselves. So however you choose to do that is your own path you have to follow, whether that be through therapy, whether it be through religion, whatever process helps you, I encourage you to please follow it. Number two, Distinguishing your illness from yourself. I've said this many episodes over and over. I have ankylosing spondylitis. Ankylosing spondylitis does not have me. We all know that in many ways, and I, I'm even reluctant to use this word, we see things of ableism, I guess is the best way to put it, where people are doing their normal day-to-day activities and look at us funny if we can't, if we need to ride a cart through the grocery store, if it takes us longer to do certain things. And that type of issue can, again, build up on you. So it's very important that you work with anybody that's helping you, anybody, your family, your friends, to let them know that you have ankylosing spondylitis, but you are not ankylosing spondylitis. You are whoever you are. You are, that AS is just a part of you. It might not be a part you like. 
it might be a part that some days takes up all of your energy and, and attention and other days not so much. But again, you are not ankylosing spondylitis. And you have to really figure out the best way to separate yourself from that. So I hope you find it. If you share this episode with others that maybe are caregivers for you or others you know with AS who maybe don't have as deep an understanding, these episodes may help them have a better understanding and allow them as well as you to distinguish your illness from yourself. Number three, address envy. According to Bernhard, the author, envy is a poison crowding out any chance of feeling peaceful and serene in the mind. I can certainly understand this. I look at people doing different things, whether it be on social media, whether it be on TV, or whether it just be friends uh, that live locally around me. Look at them doing these different things and say, wow, I really wish I could do that. I wish I could still do that. I wish I could still hike like I used to. Wish I could still do this or that. And sometimes you have to watch and make sure that it's great to remember what you could and couldn't do and whatever skill set you had in some particular item. But don't ever, if you can, don't ever let that overtake your ability to still interact with your friends and just congratulate them on what they're able to do and just remember the good times and share stories and laughter with them if you, if you can because that's really going to be best to keep you interacting with people. The author wrote, the antidote to this is a Buddhist term, mudita, meaning sympathetic joy, joy in the joy of others. The idea is to be happy, as the author said, from her husband and friends to try and enjoy their joy. So, you know, maybe they're enjoying a, a great hike that they did and your friends come and tell you about it and you're able to mentally picture what they did and enjoy that they're so happy from it. And maybe there's another activity that you guys can all do together next time because you're not able to hike or whatever. You know, Bernhard, the author, says it's okay to fake that term mudita in the beginning. Mudita will eventually enter our hearts and minds and bodies until it's a genuine expression. So, again, if you are thinking along those lines, you know, as I said, fake it until you actually learn the best way to internalize that and and be happy for everybody around you for what they can do. There might be things that some of them can't do that, that you're capable of doing, and they may want to be envious of you or, better yet, learn from you. Number four, honor your limitations. You know, chronic illnesses are tough on people or people that are people pleasers because the pleasing types, they can no longer skate by in their low-maintenance ways. You know, as the author says, it only took me a few years of suffering the consequences to figure out that it's far more painful to not assert myself and cause a setback that could last months than it is to say, I'm sorry, but I can't. Honoring my limits, uh, she says, means I choose to stay home from a family vacation. And that type of a decision is painful. It can be difficult to make because you're missing out on memories. You're missing out on time with your family. Uh, those are certainly things you'll never get back. But I know it's very easy for health to deteriorate and need to protect that and make sure that you are, again, 
honoring your limitations, knowing what you can and can't do. That's something that I'm 50 years old now. I, I'm not sure I 100% do that yet. I know I've pushed myself many times and paid for it for days and days where I'm just in excruciating pain. So it's one I work on. It's one I hope you can work on. And it's one I hope you can find peace with. Number five, connect with universal suffering. This one I kind of had to think about and go through what the author was saying. It really is more of something I've, I've thought about before. But anyway, he says, There's a famous Buddhist tale of a, of a bereaved woman whose only son had died around his first birthday. She says to Buddha, Can you revive my dead boy? Buddha replies, Yes, but I will need a handful of mustard seed from a house where no child, husband, parent, or servant has died. She returned to Buddha empty-handed because death had visited every house. Now, when I say this, I don't mean any disrespect to any parents that have lost children. It's really just a, it's an overall reminder, and a very powerful reminder at that, that suffering is merely part of the universal suffering that all of us as human beings endure. So if I can place my pain in proper perspective, my heart opens in empathy for others. What I really look at when she says that is my personal philosophy has always been I'm just glad I can get up on a daily basis and take care of myself because there's always somebody that's worse off. That doesn't mean that my pain's not important. That's not in any way trying to diminish my pain or to diminish anybody else's pain. That's strictly the way I personally try to keep order in my mind as to how I deal with my ankylosing spondylitis. You are certainly entitled to deal with your pain in any way you see fit. So again, I hope you can come to some way of understanding how you fit into this concept of universal suffering and what we have is a bad enough disease, but I hope you're able to, as you deal with it, put it in perspective of what you're dealing with. Number six, use your pain for good. This one, you kind of say, what? Rick Warren, pastor of the Saddleback Church in Orange County, the five love lessons, I think is what it called his book. He said, I'm certainly not going to waste this pain uh, about the sudden suicide of his son, Matthew, in April of 2013. One of the things I believe in that God never wastes a hurt and that oftentimes your greatest ministry comes out of your deepest pain. Whether you're religious or not, what we can take away from that is that when we have our deepest pain with ankylosing spondylitis, I know I've had many times where I'm just excruciating pain. I'm up all night and I'm sitting there and it gives me time to reflect as best I can on my personal situation, what I can do to um, not only cope with my pain, but can I help anybody else, whether you have ankylosing spondylitis or maybe it's just a person that needs help putting their groceries in a car because they're dealing with a young child and getting them in a car seat and maybe the weather's not as nice or the weather's hot or whatever. There's all sorts of little ways that you can benefit other people without having to even think about what AS is done to you or doing to you and so use your pain to come up with a way for for good that's 
just all I can do is hope that you take out of this show some way to stop, think about when you're in your deepest pain and you're trying to deal with it, how could someone best help you? How could I help you? How could, is it just a phone call? Do, do we want to talk when you're having a lot of pain? If so, reach out to me on my website, provide a phone number, and we'll talk through your pain. Whatever it is that's you're needing, you know, let somebody in your family know. Let a friend know. Uh, reach out on one of the communities on Facebook and, and ask for some connection with people. There's always somebody on those forums. Number seven, let go of expectations. Anyone who's been sick for over a year, they know the disappointments of new treatments that promise to be it or the cure of, you know, that might end this nightmare. And we see this all the time on the Facebook forums. You know, should I drink celery juice? Should I go to a vegan diet? Should I go to an all meat diet? Should I do this? Should I do that? There's all sorts of things being thrown at you. I'm not saying any of those things are bad. Just make sure that if you get so excited about one thing, even if it does not help you at that point, that doesn't mean that's the end of all the options. Good example, I'm now on my third biologic. For tried the first two, they worked okay, but not long term. This third one has been fantastic now going on almost two and a half years. So if that first biologic treatment doesn't work well for you, don't despair. Don't get down to the dumps. I know we all want the first thing that comes out to, to work, but move on. Let's try something different. Let's see what the next option is to help you in your quest to lessen the pain and slow down the progression of ankylosing spondylitis. She writes, our suffering arises from our desire for certainty and predictability, says Bernhard. When we try and let go of our yearning for control, we can begin to know peace within. She writes, Imagine living in a world where we've let go completely and it's okay if we can't go to that family event. It's okay if a medication doesn't help. It's okay if a doctor is disappointing. Just imagine it inspires me to let go a little. Then it's easier to let go a lot. And every once in a while, I let go completely and momentarily bask in the glow of that blessed state of freedom and serenity that is equanimity. Let go of expectations as best you can. And then finally, find your tribe. You hear that said a lot, but really, that can be just as simple as going to any one of the ankylosing spondylitum forums, becoming active in them, and finding the group of people that either digitally or in person helps you best deal with ankylosing spondylitis. It might be that you join a Spondylitis Association of America group there's many of them around the United States that you go and interact with the people from that group. It might be that you're active in one or more of the forums on Facebook to help boost uh, not only your knowledge of ankylosing spondylitis, but everybody else's knowledge as well. One of the most popular quotes on Pinterest, the author was unknown, reads, when you find people who not only tolerate your quirks, but celebrate them with glad cries of me too, be sure to cherish them because those weirdos are your tribe. I didn't have a tribe for the last few years and I desperately needed one. So this particular author two months ago started a group called Beyond Blue, which is an online support group for people who live with depression and anxiety. 
there's numbers of them out there for ankylosing spondylitis. So it's officially her tribe. There's humor, wisdom, empathy, and friendship that all centers around everybody dealing with the anxiety and depression in this example. But in our case, ankylosing spondylitis, or maybe you go out to group Beyond Blue because of depression or anxiety. Whatever group you find support from, that is what's important. So I really thank you for everybody listening to the ramblings. I hope everybody goes out. The new website is up. It's called spondypodcast.com. I'll have a link in the show notes. I hope everybody goes out, checks it out. You can sign up for the newsletter, which I haven't sent out the first one yet because I've got a couple ideas on that. You can download the latest episodes, listen through the different, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, they're all available out there. So I look forward to hoping that y'all interact with me. You can contact me there as well. So I hope everybody has a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you in the future.